Yes, this is the Well Actually Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, the Well Actually Podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And videos of the podcast are available on the official YouTube channel. And if you don't have any other streaming services, you can get every episode of the podcast on thewellactuallypod.com. So as usual, we're going to have the Game of Thrones recap at the end of the episode. So there will be a, a pretty obvious disclaimer when we get to that point. So if you haven't caught up to the most recent episode, uh, you might want to skip that part. All right, so let's get to the show. So there's some topics that I wanted to get into a while ago, but I kind of had to postpone them a bit because uh, some more timely issues came up and I didn't want to have to gloss over them because of how important I thought they were in the grand scheme of what I had planned for the podcast. So in this instance, I'll refer to it as educational philanthropy. And the first name that I'm going to bring up is LeBron James. And it's not just because I think he's the best basketball player ever. You're welcome to debate that and you'll lose. But uh, it's because of what he has done off the court. And it's his I Promise School. So I'll give you some background on it. Uh, I Promise is a collaboration between the LeBron James Family Foundation and the Akron Public Schools. So it's for 240 third and fourth graders uh, with plans to add grades each year till 2022 so that it'll house between third and eighth graders. So what makes this institution or this school uh, unique is that it's not taking the best of the best. It's not like a charter school. It actually focuses on those who were in the bottom 25th percentile of their classes. So these are children who are underachieving in the classroom for any number of reasons. And it's taking a holistic approach to education. So not only are they focusing on the student, but they're also uh, focusing on the parent as well because they realize that a healthy and happy home is what makes it conducive for uh, effective learning. So they provide GED classes as well as job placement assistance for the parents. So uh, when this came out, it was like a really big deal because it was seen as an experiment. Like, okay, he's not even going through the charter route. Like he's going through a public school. And I, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of people who were thinking it wasn't going to do well. So fast forward to this year. And there was sort of like a progress report and 90% of the students met or exceeded individual growth goals in reading and math. And they're actually outpacing their peers across the district. So what is what this is saying is that not necessarily that they're outperforming them in like head to head uh, reading or math or whatever. But what it's saying is that the growth that they're experiencing in this I promise school is significantly more than what others are achieving in other places. But this isn't just like an apples to apples comparison because these are students that are starting from a much, much lower uh, starting point. But I think it's still something that is highly commendable because these are students who under normal circumstances would be left behind 
and would fall into some really, really dark circle or dark hole where it would probably be very difficult for them to recover. But anyway, uh, like I said, these were students who were identified as the worst performers and some were even branded as having behavioral problems. So you can imagine like someone being as young as eight years old and you're already being considered as a risk for not graduating. Like, do you understand what it means to be written off like so completely at such an early age? So it's, it's important to note that it's still a work in progress because like I said, it, it's an approach that is not considered conventional. So what it is, is one person deciding like he's going to put his considerable resources to work with his connections, with, uh, with how he feels like people in his community, because this is in Akron, Ohio, where he's from, and he's decided that he's going to give back to that community. And recently, he actually uh, gave a check in conjunction with uh, Dick Sporting Goods of a million dollars to fund a gym because he felt that in addition to education, being active also aids in learning. And this is the, the entire program that he has set up. Uh, it has the, the children are given breakfast and lunch. Uh, and they're trying to put it in a way where they don't want any of these kids to fall through the cracks because this is this is a problem in urban communities where children are sort of left behind by the entire system. So it's not necessarily like, okay, uh, one child in the class is unfortunate. Like there are entire schools or even districts that are underserved and in turn they underperform and then it just it's just this like vicious cycle where once you're once you're so far behind you're less likely to graduate and then once you're less likely to graduate you're less likely to get a job and then you're less likely to be a productive member of society and then you enter the criminal justice system so i just think that this is something that is like highly commendable and there are a lot of details on this where you see it aimed like you, you, it'll make you wonder like why this isn't more widespread but then I guess education or public education isn't really considered uh, that much of a big deal and one thing that I found that like really blew me away was that uh, there is a, sort of a clause there or more of like it, it is that I, it's what I promised so there's a promise in there where he said if this if any student completes the program and graduates from high school lebron james will cover their tuition their full tuition at the university of akron so this is a pledge that he's making to third and fourth graders going in if you stick to the program get your grades up get all the way through high school your college tuition is already getting paid for and I mean, regardless of how you think about him as a player or whatever, I think this is just incredibly, incredibly impressive. So similar to that story and like how you can make a difference, there's a principal at uh, a local high school here in New Jersey and his name is Akbar Cook. So he's the principal of Westside High School in Newark, New Jersey. And he came up with some radical but yet simple ideas that go above and above and beyond the call of duty. 
So he was he was featured on the Ellen show because of what he came up with. And honestly, I it's another one of those things where you're like, how come it was so no one else thought of this before? So a little bit of background on him as well. As the principal of Westside High, he sort of like noticed uh, how some students were becoming like more and more absent to classes and as an educator, he realized like the more you miss school, the increased chances of dropping out because you're not going to graduate. And when he got to the root cause of what a lot of this, like the absences were, it was because kids were being teased by not having clean clothes. So not having clean clothes or not smelling good. So it's like when you think about that, something so simple can have such like a profound impact on someone's life, on someone's educational uh, trajectory. And so what did he do? Something very simple, but yet radical. He installed washing machines in the school. So it's in the school basement. And once news of this spread, he was featured on the Ellen show and they were inundated with so much, like so many donations and of like laundry detergent and supplies like he actually was able to ask for toiletries and donations in terms of school uniforms. So not only were they able to clean the uniforms they already had, but they were able to get some more uniforms as well, which was actually put into like a free store within the school. And the fact that he got so many of these and as an educator who wasn't just thinking of himself, he was able to pay it forward and make donations to another school. And this was like the Trenton Public School. So it was another school district in New Jersey. And his reasoning is that you could have the best curriculum, but if a student comes to school hungry, disheveled, or smelling a certain way, an amazing teacher won't get through to them. And I, like I said, simple yet radical. And the outreach initiative is what it led to like a whole bunch of like donations and it's also how when when people say something about performative uh, philanthropy you might see it that way and that's sort of a cynical way of looking at things but you posting or you sharing your donation could also spur others to do the same so I don't know if some people have been discouraged from posting what they share or posting what they've donated or causes that they support. But what you don't know is that you bringing awareness to such a cause not only educates other people on this cause, but it also spurs other to like other people to donate. So, and like I said before, research shows that chronically absent students are at a high risk to earn low grades, drop out of school, and fall prey to the juvenile justice system. So, but then the thing is, reasons for these absences could vary. It could be like, uh, they might be kids with special needs, or they might even be kids with kids of their own, or taking care of younger siblings. They might be part of the welfare system or no transportation, and something as extreme as homelessness. So when it's a student from a family with limited resources, survival often becomes like a competing priority. 
and it's just gonna make it more difficult for anyone to choose education over just their basic survival. So although like it's hard to find like where like or how to measure the direct impact, uh, Professor Akbar said like absences are down between seven and ten percent from like this point last year, and that that is. If it's something as simple as putting in a washing machine just so that students don't feel the need to skip school off of just their clothing, then that is just unbelievable. And he believes in serving students holistically, ensuring that their needs are met. And he thinks that that should be the new normal for urban education. And just in case you thought Professor Cook was a uh, principal cook was done, he also has the Lights On program, which is in his fourth year, and he opens the school every Friday night till 11 p.m. And the students are free to read, play basketball, or engage in a variety of other creative experiences. So his thinking is the longer the children are in a safe place, uh, the less time they have to be out getting in trouble or actually being the victims of just like being a, an innocent bystander and like maybe in a violent neighborhood. And these efforts are actually being funded by the community and also alumni of Westside High School. And some of them actually, some of the alumni actually volunteer in these programs. And the students are also served warm meals. And during the summer when students are usually more likely to run around and get in trouble because there's nothing to do, the program is gonna be held three nights a week. And it's kind of heartwarming to see like people believing in students who are so often forgotten and neglected and just written off because of simple geography or well, in most cases race. But it just goes to show like just giving these students uh, a chance at being treated like they matter by their community and by their principal could take them a long way. And even on a more micro level from the first two, uh, a friend of mine also has a program set up who's, and the sole purpose of it is to provide conducive learning environment in schools in Africa. So it's called the Back to School Transformation. And uh, you can visit backtoschooltransformation.org to see all the information, whether you wanna read up on how the program is set up or the individual goals or projects that they have lined up or if you even want to donate, it's all there. And I visited the site and it is it is very expansive in, the, in what they plan on doing and what they have done. And it lets you know like, okay, this is something that is very legit. So they aim to provide school supplies, equipment and facilities to both primary and secondary schools. And all of this is with an emphasis on rural locations that are typically neglected, even in countries with resources like Nigeria. And don't even get me started on what is considered education in Nigeria, especially in rural areas. Because when you look at some of the pictures that she put up, it's like, it's like, like how can you expect a child to learn, even with as much enthusiasm and curiosity that, that they may have, when they're like, sitting in like what would be considered like an abandoned building and like 
but they're they're still there and they're trying and this is why i really really commend what she's doing uh i'm gonna post a, a link to the her site on the wellactuallypod.com page so if you're listening to this on the site you could just scroll down and you can get a direct link to the to her website and it'll let you know just exactly what she's what she's trying to do and again if you're interested in donating uh there's go there's a donate button on her site where and it lets you you can see everything that it's above board and all the necessary documentation that lets you know that this is legit and this is just a person who uh she's a grad student and her passion is education and what she is trying to do is making sure that students who are even further neglected within a country that sure it has the resources but a lot of these resources are not necessarily used properly and this just goes to show like whether you have incredible means like lebron james or you're the principal of the uh, school in the biggest city new jersey or you are one person who just has the passion to try and make uh, a difference. It is, it is it is really up to you. So whether you want to take part or start something on your own or even make a donation to another cause, I highly suggest it and I hope like this is something that people will look into in whatever aspect it may be. It might be education, it might be health, it might be community outreach, it might be advocacy of some sort. But I just hope that whatever platform we have, we use it to the best of our ability. All right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. All right, so I wanted to get in a quick TV recommendation here. I know we haven't done a lot of those since we started talking about Game of Thrones. But this one really caught my attention and I got through it pretty quickly. And it's a show on Netflix called Dead to Me. It stars uh, James Marsden. He was Cyclops in the original X-Men trilogy. Uh, Linda Cardellini. She was in ER. Still the greatest uh, medical drama ever on TV. And Christina Applegate, who has been killing it since Married with Children. I just found out that actually came out in 1986. But yeah, it's uh, produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. And it's crazy. They have been doing like a lot of really, really interesting work lately. Like Adam McKay, he's he's the uh, executive producer on a show called Succession, which is on HBO, and that should be coming back soon as well. And he's also the producer on Hustlers, which is that uh, movie that's going to be starring J Lo and Cardi B. So it's like they're really doing some interesting work here. So Dead to Me is a comedy, but it's it's not a sitcom. Don't get that twisted at all. Uh, and basically, grief is one of the characters in the show. It's talking about coping with grief and how people handle grief differently. And the premise of the show is the main character, uh, Christine Applegate, her husband is killed in a hit and run. And it goes through her journey of how she's handling and coping with grief and also trying to she's sort of a vigilante in in a, in a way but not like a caped crusader or anything like that but she's sort of trying to handle things on her own and i'll say this like <laughs> they they the pacing of the show is done very well like there's a big reveal at the end of the first episode 
which you could kind of see coming a little bit but <laughs> the reveal at the end of the second episode that one was gang and that was that was like okay I see, I see what y'all are doing and i'm with it and it's a show i couldn't recommend highly like it's 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 a really good show and the thing with netflix is they give you 10 episodes so they're not wasting any there's no fattening episodes where you're just like okay this is a waste of time no they get right to it and they let you know like okay this is a show you're going to want to watch and they make sure it's worth your time so that's uh dead to me and it's like i said i couldn't recommend it highly enough so we're at the portion now where we're going to discuss game of thrones so if you're not up to date on game of thrones you may want to stop listening now but before that i'd like to remind you that you should please subscribe rate and review the well actually podcast on itunes spotify google podcast and stitcher as well as the youtube channel in case you're interested in videos of the podcast so this episode of game of thrones which seems to have gotten people losing their shit like there's actually a petition going around asking hbo to reshoot the episodes and i'm like what is your problem like what kind of you know what i'm you know i'm not even gonna get worked up on that i'm just gonna like how are you people so like you're like no that's not what i wanted do it again like please they already got your eyeballs and all those people have gone on to other shows like just just get over it by the way, the episode you people have been complaining about so much, which was episode five, the penultimate episode of the show, is the highest rated episode of Game of Thrones ever. Beating out the season premiere of this year, beating out the previous uh, most watched episode, which was the season seven finale. So yes, the one that you guys have been complaining about the most is also the most watched one ever. Anyway, so to the details of it what the way i usually watch is i watch unbothered with anything not as like anyone trying to do reviews or as a critic or anything but just as a fan and then i check out some reaction to maybe there's something i missed and then i go back and watch it again so yes that's three hours of game of thrones right there so what i <laughs> what i didn't catch initially was that first part where varus is writing and the little girl comes to talk to him that was actually an attempt to poison daenerys where she comes in and says that uh she's refusing to eat and i'm like wow okay so y'all are just he he was that brazen with his attempt to make sure that Jon snow is the ruler and i don't even know man it's <sighs> like every everybody's out of pocket at this point and the scene with Daenerys and Jon Snow, and he—he's basically telling like, "I don't, I don't want to be king." And she's still trying to kiss him, and like, "Okay, are we going with love or fear here?" And he, she put him in a very weird position, but I, <laughs> I think he thought he handled that properly, and I know. No, she wasn't having it. And I think that's one other point where her slow descent into madness is just like everyone sees it as this like big drop, but it's like little things have just been like, like just been happening, little drops in the bucket. 
and then all of her trusted advisors are just getting off one by one like you know once like joran was killed that was like her tactical person and then miss andy was sort of her conscience and she was more like the diplomat of of the crew and now that she's lost that as well as the person who probably braided her hair because her hair was looking <laughs> her hair was looking tragic but again um who am i to judge like all i got is waves but anyway uh moving on like once Ver like she didn't even like yell dracaris for Varys. He, it was it was sort of like a whisper it was understated and i think maybe that's why the the dragon like took his time like are, are you sure you want me to do this but you know rub man got toasted and i <laughs> One of the issues that I had with this season leading up to this episode was how everything felt sort of rushed in that they went with drama over common sense and that all the tactics being used by Daenerys and Jon Snow were, were, were like the worst possible things to do just so that they could come up with something quote unquote dramatic. Like, look at how much devastation one dragon did. But meanwhile, two dragons couldn't, uh, like, torch the Iron Fleet. Or even against the uh, White Walkers. Like, they, like, all they did was, like, spray one row and that was it. But now you got one dragon just that just, like, rumble. Just out there tearing shit up. Even though literally all of the ships are, like, targeting for it. And, like, that just shows you that they could have done this even after the first dragon was killed but no they were just trying to be all dramatic or whatever but yeah I, they, they, it seems like they were more concerned with having good shots or or things that look good on tape rather than advancing the story in a satisfying way but hey i guess hbo just didn't want to have to unleash two dragons on the city at the same time that might have been I don't. I can't even say overkill because what what happened with just one was overkill. Like they just burnt everything and everyone. And speaking of everything, Grey Worm wanted all the smoke. He, in fact, he wanted smoke and a half. Like at one point, he looked like he was ready to square up with John. Like it's like either you start killing people or I kill you too. And it it was yeah it <laughs> and. The suspense when everybody was waiting for someone to ring the bell, and you're just looking at the TV like, okay, are, are they going to are they going to do it or not? Like, is it going to happen in time? And then you hear the bell, and then you just let out a big ass sigh, like, oh, thank goodness. But then you remember somebody said, "I choose violence," and next thing you know, King's Landing has turned into Suya. Like, <laughs> like at that point. Jon Snow is like trying to hold his man back, but then they're like, nah, bro, it's jungle rules. Now everything goes. And seeing the carnage from ground view, like with the uh, like with the citizens, and then from Arya's point of view, it's just like, bruh, that's when you realize just just how devastating the whole thing was. And bruh, even Aaron Aaron Rodgers, like he was one that like ran into the corridor and got burnt up. I'm like, how did Aaron Rodgers end up in Game of Thrones? But I mean, I mean, if you're a fan of the show and you're a celebrity, I guess you, you, 
that's one way of using your celebrity status and Euron is the most but I still beat dude in King's Landing <laughs> he even turned it to another level I still killed you though while he was dying and him and Jamie like they're like they they try like this show they try to make uh, Jamie seem both incompetent and a skilled fighter at the same time and that is maddening because you're like it just goes along with they they want to make certain things effective only when it suits them but again it's it's all about drama for them rather than making sense at this point and then of course the hound versus the mountain and that's just that 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 is a, a fight for the ages where it's like sir gregor was actually harder to kill than the night king another thing which was maddening but uh, they the, the way they <laughs> he he just mushed old boy out the way it was like obey your queen sir gregor and oops and he's just busted open like a watermelon and at, at that point, Cersei just walked, she just tiptoed past them like there were a couple arguing and like, y'all can handle this and I'm just going to try and escape. And the moment Jamie and Cersei realized they were going to die, it was, it was, it was poetic in a way, but even though like their death was still unsatisfying and I don't want to hear anything where it's like, HBO tries some bull and they're actually not dead yet and they no I uh, no no don't 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 even do that just let, let let that be it you've already disappointed us once don't compound it by bringing them back in some weird way no just let let us move on and see what Daenerys is going to do when she's now hosting her own parade after killing everybody and but where the hell did she get all those Dothraki like I, I thought they were extinguished like like someone turned off their light out what, what, what happened like where like what happened like did, did, did was there a train to King's Landing that they just got on and they were I, I don't understand another thing where it feels forced because you're like a lot of the things like traveling at this point they're all they're all getting on a spaceship as, as far as I'm concerned because there's no way everybody's getting everywhere so quickly to the point that they're surprising each other at this like everyone is just surprising everyone people are disappearing reappearing people that are supposed to be you know what i think all the complaints whatever we're gonna say the final episode is going obviously going to be the most watched episode in the history of this show and probably in the history of hbo but i at this point everyone has their theories and i don't even i'm not in the business of, of making predictions or theories because if you get it right you win nothing and if you get it wrong people are just going to play that back at you and I, I don't have time for that so i just want a satisfying i don't want a happy ending i just want a satisfying ending where in fact i don't even know if i want a satisfying or i want a chaotic ending because of how many people are going to lose their shit when something goes not how they 
like they wanted it to and because they're so far ahead of the books at this point all the people who have read the books can't bring the itk into it but yeah the series finale the final episode is coming up this sunday and even though hbo has greenlit uh three shows but they're actually going to be prequels which happened like hundreds or maybe even thousands of years before the current show on tv right now but i don't even know how they're doing three simultaneous shows in production but that's another story but yeah this one is going to be it's it's, it's going to be an experience and again stay off social media because i guarantee like at this point like you're gonna see you're gonna see messages on myspace and high five so you're don't even complain about it like just disconnect your phone or go hide in a military bunker or something but yes this is the end of this episode i want to thank you for listening as usual please subscribe rate and review on spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher and google podcast you can also get videos of the podcast on youtube and you can also check out the wellactuallypod.com and if you have uh, comments questions suggestions for the show you can reach out to us on facebook uh twitter and instagram also uh this is like the first time i'm actually making an announcement for a future episode the next episode is going to be the tv episode so it's going to be news on your favorite tv shows whether they're getting renewed canceled given the last season so it's going to coincide with the review of the series finale of game of thrones so if there are any shows you're curious about or if you're listening specifically to get some tv show recommendations that is the episode for you so that will be our 10th episode so please uh be on the lookout for that and again if you have any questions comments or you just want to talk back to the show you can reach us on facebook instagram and twitter just search for the well actually podcast all right thank you very much and we'll do this again next week